Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about the Aquarius age. Um, Could you please tell me what does the age of Aquarius mean? From the spiritual perspective. Um, From a spiritual perspective, everything is a frequency. So an age of Aquarius is a collective frequency range that is going to be um, emanated, reflected, emitted, and received on planet Earth roughly over the next 2,000 years and change. Um, It is a particular frequency. Um, It's one of the 12 basic frequencies, we can call them, um, of the signs of the zodiac. Um, And it represents one of the 12 archetypes, if you will, um, on a journey of ascension for humanity as well as planetary consciousness as a whole. So whatever the human genome and and humanity as a whole is going through, so is the planet, so is the solar system, if you will. So is the sun. So it is a collective frequency that's being lift through, emitted and emanated. Um, And of course, because this is, you know, we're looking at from a quite micro level of the planet, these are going to be the ruling energy. So there's going to be a particular set of ruling energies and frequencies um, on the planet. These frequencies change every um, 2100 and change years um, on, on planet Earth. Um, and again, like this is uh, determined by the position of constellations in the relationship to planet Earth. Again, as a, as a planet, planet Earth is just like a drop in the bucket if you look at the cosmos and the cosmic energies. So it gets impacted by pretty much everything under the sun and, you know, in the neighboring galaxies. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't have a lot of its personal magnetism, right? Its personal magnetism is quite small. So planet Earth gets impacted by the energies of the neighbor- neighboring planets quite a lot, as well as the energies of the distant planets, right? Yeah. It's more of a receptacle from that standpoint. Right. It's more of a mirror and the reflection of everything else that's going on, as opposed to like if you were beings that lived on the sun, for instance. Right. The sun has enough magnetism to actually influence the planets in its uh, proximity and its vicinity in a way that Earth does not. Right. So because you're living on a receptacle planet, you have to succumb to certain rules. And because, um, you know, basically it's all about proximity to certain constellations, right? And the angle at which planet Earth and those constellations um, interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every 2,000 years or so, uh, you kind of approach the next constellation, and so the energies on the planet change, 
right? And of course, like everything else, nothing is a straight line. It is, um, it's the ebbs and flows, it's the curves, right? So technically speaking, um, the, you know, you can think of this as archetypical patterns, right? That come to reign for, you know, about 2000 years at a time. And then they come to its peak right around the middle of the cycle, right? About thousand years in, and again, give and take, I'm not going to go down to like the last year because it's a little over than a thousand years. That is when the archetype comes to its peak. And now everything else is, you know, like the moment leading up to that and then the moment coming off of that, mm -hmm. right? So right now, planet Earth is in, a, in an interesting spot where it's still a transition period between the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius, right? So it's 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 fairly interesting. It's a little bit of a battle every time you, you, you go through a transition of archetypes like that or transition of ages. Age is a, you know, age is a cosmic archetype, right? Archetypical pattern. So it's one and the same thing, really. Um, it's a little bit of a fight, a little bit of, of a journey. And, and, and generally, the two archetypes that are right next to each other, they don't, quote unquote, get along. Um, and, and, and that's why it's, t it tends to be a period of a, a quite, quite a tumultuous period, right? It's not a very smooth sailing type period, and it is accentuated during the major parts of that battle. So as one archetype is subsiding and another archetype is taking its place, um, you can think of it as it, it happening over a course of actually up to 500 years, give or take, right? So 250 from the previous age and 250 from the new age. So there is that transition period, but it doesn't happen. Um, it happens over the course of multiple battles, you can say, <laughs> right? Mm. So in each of these battles, um, you know, one of the energies wins. And so sometimes it feels like a pendulum or sometimes it feels like um, it's neither here nor there. Like meaning it's not that every time there is like a cosmic battle, the energies of Aquarius win. It's actually Aquarius wins, then the Pisces, then Aquarius, then Pisces. And it's like a back and forth. And that's why it actually could feel quite discombobulating um, and uncertain and really, really energy consuming, right? So it's, it's, it's a period of um, massive energy outbursts and uh, a period of depletion, right? Like right after a battle, you know, very often both sides feel quite uh, depleted. Um, they, they feel out of energy, out of power. <laughs> so that's why every time there is like a major event that tends to be a cosmic event, it's a cosmic battle really, because everything, you know, right now we're looking at the macro level of cosmos. Um, you know, so right around the, the time of the battle, both sides, tend to be quite depleted, um, you know, during the battle and right after the battle, especially. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that's helpful. That's very helpful. Um, so it would be may maybe even more helpful if we could go deeper into this archetypes and uh, just in order to compare what was and what we should expect, right? So maybe looking at Pisces and Aquarius and like comparing them the archetypes yeah absolutely and in fact i think maybe we'll go like one archetype before prior to pisces if, if you will that oh, was that the age of be. aries yeah um aries a very you know uh 
it's a fire sign ruled by the planet of Mars. Those were super interesting energies. So the energies of the ego. Um, so that was, you know, where a lot of the monotistic religions were born. Um, a lot of like the one gods. So name it like from the cult of um, Amun-Ra, like the, the sun gods, all types of uh, just mm, like monotheistic religions with like the one god like Yahweh or um which basically is a really really big departure from anything that happened before which was a polytheistic world in the age of Taurus which was like a very feminine tribal type of place to be and um by saying tribal I actually mean close to nature which was a very polytheistic world right where everything had a spirit and every everything every spirit was regarded with the same level of reverence, if you will, right? Whether it's the spirit of the water or the spirit of the fire or what have you. Um, and then that transcended and that went into the age of Aries. And Aries is all about me versus them, but not in in a way where I'm claiming my territory, right? So Aries is, is the ram. It's like the energy that is a very youthful energy. It's a very young energy. Um, it's on the younger side uh, side of the zodiac, and that was actually a really really big transition because if you're actually I don't know if you know that, but um, every zodiac sign kind of has an age, um, and it starts with um, Aries being the youngest and Pisces being the oldest. So really, you can think of Aries as the divine child archetype, and and <laughs> well, Pisces kind of like an old sage, if you will. Um, so they're very different. That transition is brutal in, in, in more ways than one. Um, however, so the, the energies of Aries were, you know, it's all charging ahead and, you know, it, it, it's a very particular type of, 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 of a child archetype, which is like almost like the stubborn child, but also the child that wants to carve this space for itself. Right. And the reason it's, it was um, a, ter- a change from polytheistic religions into the monotheistic religions and world was because to carve the place for I am and me, I need to understand singularity and uh, division. And I need to understand the supremacy of something over something else. And for me to be able to do that, um, you know, since a lot of the world was perceived through connection with spirit, uh, which later became connection, connection with religion, um, later down, down the road, actually in the, in the, in the Pisces, um, age, we, we saw the rise of religion in more ways than, it, you know, we've, we've ever seen actually in, um, any of the previous cycles. Um, but basically the age of Aries was, you know, again, like one, the one God, um, and then, you know, how, and basically what can that teach me about uh, like stand, standing on my own, right? Now, Aries is a very interesting type of fire where it's a little bit of a rash fire, right? So it was a fairly tumultuous young fire, um, you know, period where a lot of the errors were made, right? And a lot of rash decisions were made. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of, it was a little bit of the egotistical place to be, right? Like, I don't care if you're happy, if I'm happy, right? It's all about me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, the, 
in a place where I care about my needs being met and my needs being fulfilled and, and, and I don't so much care about you. So that was Aries. And then comes the age of Pisces, right? And the age of Pisces was actually a really interesting time because um, that transition was excru excruciatingly brutal because of what I just told you. It was a transition from a very young child-like place into a very old energy. Um, and, and so it's, it's um, the, way, the way these energies travel, they, they, it's like retrograde, so they travel backwards, right? So they travel from 1 to 12 to 11 to 10 to 9. Does it make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, because one and twelve really completes the cycle. So we went from the child down to the sage, like the oldest archetype, which is Pisces. Now Pisces is 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 very interesting. It is a very loving, compassionate, tolerant energy, right? Of a sage. So basically, it's the um, place of a person that has been and seen all 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 of twelve archetypes. Right. But of course, on a, um, like despite the fact that Pisces took over energetically, where humanity was, was this divine child archetype that was, was throwing a tantrum a little bit. One way to do that, and, and, and that's what you would generally see with um, the age transition, is generally there are, there are teachers that come at the beginning of the age um, to herald the age to carry the torch if you will that represent the values the frequencies of that age and you had multiple teachers come it wasn't just jesus it was also buddha right around the time um and it was fairly fascinating because there you have it like those very loving heart-centered energies uh that really represent this wise sage that's been there and done that and that understands, right? And like, let's look at some of the teachings of Jesus, right? If, if they hit you on, you know, your left cheek, you should basically, um, on the right cheek, you should give them the left. Don't quite. Um, so basically, it's, it's, it's a little bit from the place of like having lived a life and understanding like a deeper meaning to the fact that it's actually everything is oneness. So it really doesn't mm -hmm. matter because you're the one that gets hit and you're the one that does the hitting right you're the victim and, and 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 you are at the same time the usurper if you will right so you're both right and that comes from a very from a place of a sage now teaching that to a six-year-old was a challenge that is why it all became a dogma right just because that if you will Transitioning from 1 to 12 is one of the harder transitions you can make. It is not a very logical, easy, seamless transition. So it was, A, it took very, very um, qualified, talented, genius-like teachers, right? Which both Buddha and, and Jesus were. And there were others, right, on a more micro level as well. So many others. But... For the rest of humanity, they were still in their child archetype, so it was incredibly hard for them to comprehend what Jesus and Buddha were saying, what they meant. So the, at the same time, the energies have shifted, right? So it's the constellation of Pisces really ruling and bringing that 
you know, almost like wisdom and loving kindness and compassion onto the planet. So this, those energies were being emanated and displayed on planet Earth, but the child of, that humanity was did not really comprehend it. And that's how you get dogma and that's how you get religion is because if you cannot understand a concept, you try to memorize it by heart, right? And that's how you get the Bible, which is like a very indoctrinated view of that sage wisdom and archetype and knowing and understanding that's being indoctrinated into a few books, right? Um, Where, you know, it's a bunch of parables. And the reason it's parables is because Jesus was trying to dumb it down, honestly. Like a 70, like imagine like an eight-year-old talking to a five-year-old, trying to explain the meaning of life. That was Jesus talking to humanity at the time. And not just any humanity, the one that was throwing a tantrum because they were in their egotistical Aries, right? They were like not a very nice child from the standpoint of, you know, they're not the grown-up child. They're not the obedient child. They're the freaking disobedient child. That's what humanity was experiencing at the time. It was an interesting lucrative period, and it was what it was. But again, like that's how people started emulating. Um, and like even like the concept of prayer, right, originally was never meant to be this learned verse that you say. And it's the same verse for whoever you are with whatever issue you have that was never meant to be that way right but because this child of a human was not getting the concept of the prayer jesus had to give them the exact language and then of course that became a dogma and then of course then everybody else forgot because then jesus died and then of course you know the wisdom kind of died with him because all of his disciples actually were more so representing the aries archetype than the pisces with very few exceptions. And so again, those were the ones that like, you know, they were, yeah, they were like making very diligent notes for when Jesus was alive, but it's not like they fully understood the parables either, right? And that's how you get like dogma built on, you know, uh, on the backbone of other, you know, dogmatic thinking and so on and so forth. And then it just kind of like takes you into a little bit of a, maybe more of a darker place than the place of light, right? And that one always happens with dramatic shifts, again, the Aries Pisces transition always brutal, hard to get it right, like very clo- close to impossible to get it right. Um, the age of Pisces was an interesting time, or is should I say, is an interesting time because there's still like a little bit of the back and forth energy. So it was um, the time of so the, this child trying and really struggling to become a sage, and the way that you know what was required through through this journey is a lot of blind faith and belief. Um, and that actually opened the door to a lot of shadow of manipulation and illusion and that rule, like the Maya, right? So in many ways, instead of becoming the light ages, it became the dark ages for humanity because of how certain things were inter- interpreted, right? Um, and because of... All, all like a web of lies that actually came as a result of that consciousness. Now, at the same time, at the same time, should I say that there is always, uh, you know, about any age, there's always the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between, right? Um, with the age of Pisces, 
humanity has made incredible strides towards opening their heart center. Because in the age of Aries, that was not even the conversation, let me tell you. Uh, the age of Aries was, like, the highest energies were yellow. I mean, it was red, it was orange, it was yellow at most, right? All of a sudden, we're opening up Pisces, we're opening up um, the heart center. So this is the age where, you know, true nurturing entered the planet. You know, true motherhood, motherhood archetype also entered the planet, by the way, right alongside Jesus. Um, and then a lot of Virgo energies also enter the planet because generally what um, what you see is it's not only the direct proximity to planet Earth um, it, or that determines the age, but also basically if you look at the, at the zodiac, right, they, they kind of like form a circle. And, and so the closest planet to planet Earth would... Um, shouldn't I say the, the close, but like the one that aligns the most with um, planet Earth would impact it and the one on the opposite side of it. So basically during the Piscean age, that opposite side was the Virgo. And so you have the Virgin archetype also enter planet Earth, which is Mother Mary. And, um, you know, and, and it kind of really carries through the culture. So you have this concept of a nun, and monasteries and really being married to God and and and, and virgin queen uh, thank you Elizabeth the first all of these archetypes are also being birthed here right so the mother nurturing archetype has undergone a lot of um a, like a, a true reawakening now it got messed up like everything else <laughs> in, in in other ways right every time you give too much stress to a particular aspect of a divine feminine and divine, divine masculine, you tend to deny the others, right? And with with the mother, like the virgin started, uh, like the virgin actually started being praised and the crone really started being disowned. And the crone is your archetypical witch, the wise woman, the the, the, the wise healer. And, and, and it's this tribal uh, archetype that really was front and center in the matriarchal society of the Taurus age, which happened before Aries, right? That completely got flipped on its head, right? So on the one hand, you have the virgin, this responsible, nurturing, almost sacred mother archetype enter of the planet, but all the other parts of the divine feminine really got denied and um, really hidden, right? So again, like you, you always have the dichotomy with every age. It's not that simple unfortunately yeah and by the way neither neither is it meant to be simple because if everything was so um straightforward then it wouldn't be a struggle and then there would be um it would be a very limited menu right like in every good restaurant you want like a really really good menu and that's why every age represents a particular menu of items that are trending if you will uh but if it's a very very limited scope then you know evolution is really um it, it, it cannot serve a wide array of souls. For it to be able to serve a wide array of souls, you need a wide menu. That's why, you know, the each age is still, has the light, the shadow, the everything in between. Uh, it's not just one thing. So if I told you that Pisces was the age of the heart, I'd be lying because on top of being the age of the heart, it was also the age of violence. It was the age of, you know, political uh, machinations, and political power really came in front and center even more so than it ever did, right? And then 
suppression was also uh, very front and center in this age as well. Um, and slavery. So every time there is empowerment in one shape or form, there is suppression in the other. So that was the age of the Pisces. Moving on, age of Aquarius. So Aquarius energies are interesting. So the age of Aquarius um, is, so we're going to see a lot of light and a lot of shadow. Um, Aquarius is an archetype, is an intellectual. It's an archetype of air. And air is information in this particular case. Um, so it is going to be the age where information is really prevalent. And it is kind of like the campfire that everything else or is organized around. It is the age of invention and progress and science and the math mathematical brain that really shines. So um, it is the age of problem solving, right? Um, but it is potentially, and that's the other aspect of, so Aquarius is super interesting because on the one hand, it's inc incredibly intellectual and from that standpoint, potentially more masculine than feminine. Uh, but at the same time, it's incredibly altruistic. So it's still maintaining the heart of the Pisces. And that's the one thing that we're going to see, despite the fact that they're like, I said that the neighboring archetypes really fight, but you're never really going to witness such a dramatic transition between the two archetypes as you did between the Pisces and the Aries. So there is almost like less of a clash between the energy of the Pisces and the energy of the Aquarius, because in some ways both have the heart, right? And it's like the heart is at this point, thankfully integrated to some degree with humanity, right? And we're moving up to higher chakras, right? And so the intellect is in the higher space, in the head space, right? Now, the quality of air is also communication and information, right? So we're, we're kind of like looking at um, the energy of the brain and the energy of the throat that are becoming a lot more prevalent, right? So as humanity, we're going to take on higher, um, you know, higher frequencies, higher dimensional frequencies, higher chakras. Now, is humanity ready for it or not? I mean, remains to be seen, right? We're here for the ride. Um, yeah, so on the other hand, right? Oh, and, and by the way, um, Aquarius... Um, it, it's, is a little bit of a rebel. So, um, it's a little bit of a rebel. It does not really like conforming to what was. So no matter when, like what's kind of like what's happening, Aquarius just has it in, in him to make change, right? So oh, expect change and, and change is pretty vast and a lot of change is going to um, happen from the standpoint of the disseminating of information, again, the energy of air, right? So the information that at the age of Aquarius is more at everybody's fingertips um, and more available than ever. So the occult becomes much less so, right? So a lot of the things that were hidden are going to become public knowledge. It's a lot easier to disseminate all kinds of information from scientific-based facts to information about spirituality and energy, etc. And very often, actually, the Aquarian age is really equated to the energy coming back. So um, different energies, right? Higher dimensional energies, but also um, cleaner energy sources, right? Um, and free energy. That is very much something that 
has to happen for the Aquarian age, during the Aquarian age. Um, arguably, Tesla was maybe 50 years too early with his inventions um, because that was still like right prior to the transition. It just uh, was, was really hard to bring that level of invention to the planet and make it free then in those energies. It would, it would have been a lot easier now. And, and, and by the way, free energy is going to happen. Green energy is going to happen. It's very much the, the, the default future that this planet is living into. Um, there is a new facet of, of the heart space that's opening up during the Aquarius age, and that is um, that communal heart. So it's not just caring about the people that are near to me or the people that I'm able to see, but caring about humanity as a whole, the survival of the species, and not just humanity, by the way. There is going to start, uh, you know, in, in the human hearts, in the collective human heart, there's going to be more room for other species as well than um, in the prior generation. So as we're moving and evolving, yet one more cycle out of or away from that Aries mentality, it's like my way or the highway, or it's all about me, humanity is becoming less selfish. Each human is becoming less selfish and they're becoming more inclusive of other beings, right? That's why you already are seeing um, things like climate change take center stage. Now, whether that is done for good or bad or by people who really mean to, uh, you know, mean to change things or they're just like using that as a decoy, that's a whole other situation. That's a whole other story. What I'm saying is climate change is going to be on top of everybody's minds, at least for the, up, like as we're going into this first up to thousand years, um, up to the pinnacle of the age of um, Aquarius. Uh, the reason being is because human consciousness is expanding in a way that now you cannot just think of yourself as me. Now the definition of me is expanded into, well, I am also my community, also my country, also my planet, which means that I am also the plants and the animals and the crust of the earth and all of that. Now it's not going to happen overnight, but it's it's going to keep coming back as a refrain and it's going to keep being top of mind. You know, how do we take care of the planet? How do we preserve it? Because this um, it's like another facet, the new facet of that heart, right? Whereas with like in Jesus times, it was more about like family love and like friends and like the ones that are close to me. Now we're zooming out of that and taking a little bit of uh, a, a, like a higher vantage point. And, and so arguably, arguably, although we're not going to get here this cycle, but we're going to get closer as a society to understanding unity and the unity consciousness and all for one and one for all type of mentality and, you know, the, the give and take, uh, but also the the importance of contributing and the importance of communities and, and communities becoming quite global, like a global village, right? So my community is not just my neighborhood, you know, and, and you're already starting to feel those energies, right? You're starting to feel those energies because the pandemic is the first bell and the first sign of how global everything is, right? Or should I say how small this world is? Like you're truly present to how small this, this world is because one virus really united you. 
And again, like that is actually a very Aquarian energy, believe it or not, right? And again, that's why these energies, they can manifest themselves in so many different ways. Not to scare you, and by the way, this is not the most uh, immediate future, but like a world war can teach more, like more about the unity and the oneness than singing Kumbaya in a circle because of how much suffering and the similar type of suffering very different countries on the like opposing sides of the worlds are feeling now uh, at the same time the energy uh, of Aquarius is like like I said it's very altruistic and like what can I do like um that this concept of service is going to come front and central for a lot of you right it's not about how can I make a living but what's my purpose how can I serve what is my purpose in a way of like what's so unique about me and how can I serve humanity from the place of this uniqueness and talent and craft that I have? So being fulfilled in the age of Aquarius is no longer going to be defined by how much money I make. In fact, money is going to come really second stage to and, and really leave room and space for fulfillment. And am I really on my path? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? That is going to come in conjunction with the robotization of society right and again that is all science age of aquarius is science we're going to go into robotics we're going to go into ai we're going to go into machinery in more ways than one and potentially cyborgs right that's part of a potential future maybe yes maybe no we shall see however so that's all like that sciencey approach right and the the age of aquarius people would want proof right they're not just going to be content with believing a fairy tale. They, they, they would want proof. Um, so the, the energies are really shifting. But where I was going with that around the purpose was because a lot of the day-to-day -day tasks that you had to perform yourself, like cleaning the apartment or like making like a basic meal, all of those things are going to be taken care of in the future uh, by robotics. That would really leave humanity a choice and there are a lot of humans are going to be faced with fulfillment and purpose, right? In a world where survival is no longer my number one concern. And by the way, the energies of Aquarius are very, very far removed from the, the, the base chakra, which is your center of survival, right? Which is why those needs are being taken care of by the outside forces, right? If survival is not my number one concern, then fulfillment would be, right? You guys all know the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So your food, your shelter, your security supposedly is taken care of, moving on, on up. You know, somewhere in there, there is like fulfillment. And fulfillment is more people looking for answers, more people going into spirituality, more people looking for awakening, more people taking all types of courses on how can I get to know myself and what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, and let me take one more personality test and, oh my God, let me go to an ashram or somewhere else and like meditate in the Himalayas. You're going to see all of that come through in the age of Aquarius because humanity is going to be searching for fulfillment and searching for answers. And again, in the age of information, um, it's all going to be about the age of discernment as well. Because it used to be that in the age of Pisces, information was far and in between. Now information is so ample and we have another issue. 
misinformation, so much false information. So ironically, what the age of Aquarius is going to bring is intuition, humanity going back to its intuitive state. Because in the sea of information, you have to have discernment. More and more so as you're going in and integrating and, 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 and walking into the age of Aquarius, what you're going to face is and what you're going to start experiencing is, I don't know what's true and not true anymore. All I know is there's so much information and I understand every source of information has an agenda, right? It's, an, it's not the truth, like the concept of truth is going to start getting really, really muddy. And inadvertently, right? So yes, is there going to be a lot more misinformation? Absolutely. So many lies. But on the flip side of that, there's humanity is going to become so much more intuitive, so much more centered for both genders. So you're going to have the rise of clairvoyance. You're going to have the rise of medical intuitives. You're going to have the rise of channeling, all of it. On the flip side, on the other side, on the opposite side of um, Aquarius, there is Leo. So you have the lion energies coming really, really strong. Uh, Leo is owned by the sun. And that is an evolution of the Aries archetype that we saw earlier. Now, Leo, in terms of like the age of the zodiac, is represented by like 25 to 35 year old, 25 to 34 right? So it's an adult energy. It's a very like healthy I am energy, right? Like personal power and knowing what you want and knowing what makes you happy, but being able to do it from a generous place, right? Leo energy is not a zero sum game energy. It's I can have me and, and you can have you and we can all be friends, so to say, right? It's like a generous monarch, Right. And it's definitely an evolution of the Aries from that regard. So you're going to see Leo energies and sun energies coming front and center and, and becoming like part of this archetypical journey for planet Earth, which is going to be quite fascinating. So like, again, areas of generosity, areas of respect for yourself and other true leadership. You're going to start seeing true leadership come through in both genders, by the way. Right. And then a lot of the newer generations wanting to emanate the leaders um, and like really emanate their qualities. Courage is a very, very much a, a Leo, like nobility, you know, things like that. Um, all of these things are coming front and center for some as lessons and for others just like as an energy to be present to and, and, and just enjoy, right? On the flip side, um, Aquarius is not like super lovey-dovey. Like it's it's not necessarily the archetype that is incredibly in tune with the emotional state in the way that Pisces was actually because Pisces is all water, right? And all feminine. So um, despite the fact that it is the age of information, self-expression is going to be a challenge still. Right. So some of the lessons of the throat center um, are not necessarily going to be fully learned for humanity. And speaking your truth is still going to be a challenge and finding your truth is going to be a challenge. A lot of people are going to question their truth. Right. So 
it's not necessarily like the generation that's going to get humanity into the emotional state again because it's ruled by the brain and the intellect right not the heart necessarily right so a portion of the heart was integrated but not all the way so you're gonna um you know see a lot of um suppressed emotion which we're gonna have to you know fix down the road uh or not <laughs> maybe not right away <laughs> Because the next cycle is the cycle of Capricorn, which is really ruled by um, Saturn. And Saturn is not one for emotional self-expression either. So, you know, in a couple of cycles, we'll get there. Not right away, right? Um, and again, it's not like a very uh, dark emotional place. It's just a place that's devoid of emotion. And by the way, that's, why, that's how you get the supremacy of AI and supremacy of like... Um, artificial intelligence and and and, and that like mathemat mathematical types of type of consciousness right a very purest place to be uh, but of course we know that one plus one does not always equal two right um and what i mean by that is if, if you've ever watched a divine union between like two people that are really meant to be together, whether it's like in, in a family situation or in business, one plus one really is like 11 or something because some couples just really blow up and that's what you call a power couple. Um, or like so, some of your relationships in your life, like the person came into your life and like they've really upgraded you, right? What I mean by that, it's like life is not as linear. And um, that's like another lesson that is, is to learn for the age of Aquarius. Uh, but humanity is going to be faced with a lot of interesting and fascinating challenges. Um, the supremacy of the intellect and how far you're willing to take it. Um, how far are you willing to break away from the tactile world of nature, right? Um, and, and, and femininity in many ways, an earth into the world of intellect and air and AI and virtual reality. And you are going to have three kinds of humans. You are going to have the being that has completely transcended the need to be in this physical space reality. So you're going to have people that like completely turn virtual and perceive that to be the more important part of their life, right? You are going to have people that deny, reject that because of a personal experience that they've had or because their relative is completely virtual reality and playing computer games to a whole other degree or into AI completely and has, has changed their whole body with the sense of technology. You're going to have these naturalists that are going to walk a path that is a balancing path, right? So every time you have one extreme, on the other end, you have the other extreme that is going to have to balance. So you're going to have the rise of communities, very tribal communities, that actually start, they're going to take it a step too far and they're going to start to deny everything, including like electricity. They're going to go back to like candles, and things like that. Not because they believe that electricity is, is bad, but they start associating it with the other technological aspects so much that they completely deny everything. They, they're going to completely deny like Western medicine, right? 
and really go back to like tribal to a tribal place and then you're gonna have people which is probably the most fascinating way uh to live in the age of aquarius are going to be able to do both and they're going to really be the double helix like the perfect unity of the two and that is going to be a completely new archetype of a human that is incredibly in tune and in touch with nature and their own intuition and the high realms and god and guides and everything at the at the same time so technologically savvy so just in in the world right and able to combine the two and those those leaders are also going to come through and that's going to be quite an interesting and fascinating archetype as well i'm going to let you ask questions thank you so much for sharing this uh information that's fascinating so um seems like looking at the pisces um the kind of the intention is very beautiful right so uh, kind of the sage kind of archetype and then we see um like we're at the end and uh, we see where we are right so it seems like there is a big shadow right so with aquarius it seems like this shadow is going to be this communities that go really uh, off the grid uh, oh, no, completely it's not the shadow, it's not the shadow no. right so no. what 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 can go wrong because everything that you describe is so beautiful and it looks like uh, such a beautiful world we're gonna be in in just a thousand years right and then a lot of things can go south right <laughs> Uh, there is a shadow for each of these archetypes, and in fact, more than one. There is a shadow for this predominant, domineering aspect of the age, and then the one that is the opposite, right, aspect. So in the Aquarian age, you're going to have to deal with the shadow of the lion, the Leo, and you're going to have to deal with the shadow of Aquarius. Yeah. Um, the shadow of Aquarius is the world devoid of emotion. So uh, it's a world that is so rational and so like pixelated. And, and I, I don't mean pixelated in the way that like you look at the world and you see pixels, but it's so precise that there is no room for imperfection. And imperfection sometimes is where the greatest mystery lie, right? Yeah. So... In the, on the one hand, it, it can be an altruistic world. On the other hand, it's a world where emotions are actually really suppressed and denied and even frowned upon and, and rejected. Like, what do you mean you're angry? What do you mean you have fear? Right? Because once you start denying and disowning a certain array of a range of emotions, you can start dis denying and disowning other ones also. Like love, for instance. Do you think a person, and by the way, when you're like, you're describing everything so perfect and so well, well, you know, from a higher perspective, everything is always serving humanity, right? Of course, I would describe it in that way because the higher forces would not have made it such if it wasn't serving humanity, right? Yeah. So, but on the other hand, right, if you're living in a VR world where AI is your everything, 
what starts to happen for these types of people is actually lose their human connection and they lose their capacity to love and they lose their capacity to be passionate and feel deeply about things that they used to feel deeply about before, right? That is a potential shadow. Now, is it a potential shadow of the full aspect? No. Another potential shadow, which again, and I've, I've described it in a very all-encompassing way if everything was integrated, but of course nothing ever is. There's always more separation and split consciousness and parts work that humanity is going to have to do, right? But because this is a very intellectual, in, innovation-driven society, the shadow of Aquarius is having to have proof for everything and not being able to understand certain spiritual truths because science hasn't proven them yet. You're going to see a lot of that. And then the other part, um, actually the key to another sh shadow of Aquarius is Uranus, which is the planet that um, rules um, Aquarius. And Uranus is a very tumultuous planet. It's a little bit like it is a revolutionary and a rebel and... Uh, a troublemaker a little bit it likes ruffling feathers it's one of those energies that's like um it's like a bomb but you never know when it's gonna like blow up so that's like the energy of of, of uranus and 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 that's very much like this it's not a very stable and nice kind of like transition things can just like get out of control or blow up in a way that humanity didn't expect it is actually not a very predictable period, right? A lot of things can like go off course. It's like driving, it's being on overdrive a little bit, but it's also a new road that you're on. You've never driven here before. So you really don't know if you're driving off a cliff or there's like a big hole in the asphalt. Like you really don't know what's happening, but like you're still in overdrive mode. So that's another, uh, like a, a little bit of it. There's like a little bit of a hasty aspect as well. For an Aquarius and sometimes it just like wants change for the sake of change you know like I just hate all of it you know all of it let's kill it let's build new <laughs> that could be like a shadow of an Aquarius whereas like you know somebody that's a little bit more measured would be like actually no why don't we separate the good from the bad <laughs> sometimes Aquarius just wants to change all of it you know all of it is, is bad that's it moving on and then the shadow of the lion of course this is like the is a lot and has a pretty big shadow things like arrogance supremacy supremacy of the intellect right again like um um arrogance of the people that like the scientists or the scientific community which actually happened on earth uh back in the in the time of atlantis already uh, where the genetic engineers really felt supreme to everybody else. That type of supremacy, coupled with science, could be a recipe for disaster and could be a big shadow. Because when humanity gets to meddle with genetic material, with DNA, coupled with like really, really high advances, um, and potentially coupled with this your like energy of uranus of like revolution they can start getting into genetic experiments of all types of 
nature that could or couldn't, you know, that could or could not be good (laughs) for humanity and other species. All kinds of things is possible when you start messing with the genetic material. Um, And it's already starting, by the way. Um, There are now, there are uh, GMO pigs in the United States. So it's going to, it's going to get, it's going to start becoming more of a thing. Um, And, you know, certain species are going to become combined. And of course, now there, it does exist in the plant kingdom, doesn't always exist in the animal kingdom, at least not in the open, right? There are like underground labs and, and stuff. But things like that, like it could be a shadow of arrogance where if I'm a scientist and know how to do this, then that means I should. And like some of the guardrails like fall apart. And that's how we can, again, like drive over a cliff accidentally as a society and, and, and get humanity into one of those um, great floods. <laughs> yep. Situations where everything is going to have to be wiped off. Now, hopefully that's not the future we're living into. At least right now, I don't see that that is going to be the future. But again, you asked about the shadows. I have to answer what the, yeah. the possible shadow is. Yeah, uh, because a lot of people seems like expect a lot from the age of Aquarius, and uh, maybe think that it's just a silver bullet that will solve all the problems, right? Um, yes. The frequency of the planet will go up of all of a sudden, and then. Um, some other good things will happen and uh, everybody's gonna get their consciousness and everybody's gonna awake and here we are in the age of Aquarius and everybody's happy, right? But seems like there can be other things, the shadow, right? Oh Even my God, looking yes. at the Pisces, right? Oh my God, yes. So first things first, every time there is a massive shift in, in, in the age, um... Pretty much, I, I, I see it time and time again. There is always all of these people that are touting the horns and are saying, oh my God, like it's going to be so amazing and life is so going to change and we're all are going to be awesome and like we're going into the golden age. The golden age is still about six to 8,000 years away. I hate to say this. So no, like if you're alive today, tomorrow you're not going to be in the golden age. I hate to break your heart. Now, are the planetary, um, is the planet evolving? Absolutely. Everything is a step on a ladder. Everything is a step of an evolution, right? Also, truly, the Aquarian age is not going to start fully coming into its power until, you know, 250 years from now, right? So you're still up for 250 years of transition, so again, like hate to say that it's not going to be like an overnight. Oh my God, blessings, blessings. Um, I don't know if you remember 2012, but everybody was like, okay, this is it. Aquarian age has arrived. From here, it's it's all going to be purple rainbows and unicorns. And then we get to 2020, and it's COVID. Whoops, not the purple yet rainbows and unicorns, but the age of Aquarius. So what's wrong with this picture? What's wrong with this picture is not. Any age that you take is not all a feast and is not all a famine. It's all of those things, right? And there is the ebbs and flows always. There is the ups and downs always. There are going to be people that benefit tremendously, or souls, should I say, that benefit tremendously from the age of Aquarius. 
you know. And then there are going to be people that are going to struggle with the age of Aquarius. And they're not going to get it. And then there are going to be people that are in between, right? And that's why it's a journey and that's why it's beautiful. But like I said, um, every time there is a massive shift in energies like that, there's always going to be leaders. There's always going to be people who are tattering the horns and saying, this is it. Something is coming. Something is coming. Something is coming. You know, and then great. And then it doesn't like, and then the transition is a lot smoother than that. It's not like one day you wake up and all of a sudden you're enlightened. And everybody else on the planet Earth is also enlightened. It's not going to happen. You got to do the work. It's just the rules of the games are changing. The rule of the game is uh, the game are changing the rules. Um, so you have to adapt to the new rules. Now, does it open up more room for you to play something that's more fun, something that's more expansive? Basically, everybody's leveled up, right? That's what's happened. But when you leveled up, that's the one thing with like a level up. When you level up, you've unlocked a new range of of stuff. And every time you level up and go up in, in, in levels, complexity also increases, right? You know, like a, an average computer game. <laughs> Your level 99 is harder than your level 1. So basically what this means is, as humanity has graduated to a harder challenge, some are going to pass and others are not. The ones that are going to pass are in the promised land of bliss and the ones that are not are in the, in the, in the unpromised land of struggle and eternal hell. <laughs> not to make things too dramatic. But it's going to be a little bit of everything. What would be your advice uh, to our listeners? Um, because me personally, I have high expectations. And like, okay, it's coming, right? Um, <laughs> but it's going to take a lot of time, right? What, what can we do maybe right now and like kind of maybe calm down and like just know that it's going <laughs> to take a lot of time and like Sorry, maybe so what funny. things we can expect uh in the nearest future i guess because it's like we're not gonna live in 250 years to see it's well i wouldn't be so sure yeah uh a most of you that are having this human experience on earth right now are going to be incarnated at the age of aquarius at least another five times so you're going to see, you're going to experience the full arc, uh, both the ascend and the descend of the age of Aquarius. So don't be so sure when you're saying we're not going to be here until 150 years. Um, also, the, the human ages are going to start increasing anyhow through the, during like in the next 2000 years, humanity is going to start living longer uh, because, you know, all types of transplants, nanotechnologies and everything, they're really going to increase the lifespan and you know keep people like looking younger etc cetera, etc cetera, right so longer lifespans and then you're gonna have to come back most likely i wouldn't expect magical transitions without the work the beauty of the age of aquarius is it's a it's it's a fair age it's a more fair energy in the sense that you what you put in you get out you know um so air as 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 an um an energy is a, a little bit more is is a lot more forgiving than water from from that regard so for those of you that are willing to do the work the payback is not going to have to wait um again because air is a, is a very fast 
um, element, right? So a lot of you have been saying, oh, like the time feels faster or my manifestation is faster. Well, that's because we're, we've went from the viscose water territory, Pisces, into a much more lighter energies of air. So things are meant to feel faster. Progress is meant to be faster. Information is going to travel faster. People's attention spans are going to become, well, less because everything is faster. So you get tired and bored faster, right? So everything is accelerating and that's how it's meant to feel. Um, so I would say with Aquarian age, like with everything else, you have to ride the energies, right? Now, not all of you are created equal and each of you is going to be very different listening to this podcast. Um, for those of you that, you know, have a little rebel inside or really love technology or really love progress or really excited to, um, I don't know, about all types of technological advancements from like space travel to, um, I don't know, nanoparticles that can heal cancer. You, good news, right? You have a lot of things are going to come through even in the next 50 to 75 years, right? Just um, a, a lot of you are going to catch that. So it's going to be an exciting ride. For those of you that love learning and love information, um, that's going to be a pretty immediate impact on you, right? Again, like learning is going to become faster, quicker, cheaper, right? More accessible. All types of communities, like communal learning. And again, like uh, communities are going to start forming um, around like the different like learnings and insights, etc. cetera. Uh, again, because thanks to the internet and the internet is going to, you know, only keep growing from here. So all of these things are great, right? If you're looking to, uh, you know, for any type of spiritual practice or going within or reconnecting with the intuition, good news for you because you can make faster progress in these types of energies. So it's not that you have to really curb your enthusiasm for the next 250 years. Uh, you can start living in these energies and enjoying them, right? But again, nothing is a panacea. This is not like um, a golden pill that you would swallow and you, it would cure all of humanity's ailments because it won't. In fact, the age of Aquarius is going to create just as many ailments as it cures, right? But it is an exciting journey. And I think that there is a reason for humanity to be excited. I think it is a beautiful age to be walking into. Um, there are new teachers that are coming. There are new thought, um, you know, thought, um, schools of thought, if you will, that are coming. Um, and a lot of things that... Um, need to be changed in society are going to be changed because there are there are whole generations of revolutionaries and rebels that are you know going to be born and they're going to change every aspect of humanity from healthcare to media to politics to i don't know education right you name it all pretty much like no aspect of humanity is going to be the same in even 300 years Right. So it's going to be a period of massive shift and massive change and like high speeds and um, just massive progress. So I think it is an exciting time. So, you know, to answer your earlier question, you should be excited because if you are excited and if you believe that, you know, this age is, is going to be exactly what your soul needs, you're going to manifest that. 
because manifestation is incredibly potent in the age of Aquarius. It's an age of manifestation. So I say go ahead and manifest the life that you want for yourself. Yeah, and uh, I guess don't expect it to like happen without you working, right? No, there's nothing nothing's going to be handed. No, nothing is going to be handed <laughs> like to you just because. Yeah. Like I said, um, the energy of Aquarius is a very fair energy from the standpoint of like what you put in is what you get out. Right. Yeah. And then maybe you get out even more. Sometimes you got to do the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes divine forces will surprise you with a little gift and present. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for sharing this uh, amazing information with us today. Uh, I'm going to end our session. I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to visit to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been given Maria today. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Now, I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.